It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grimly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 457 of Locked On Raptors for uh, Tuesday, January 29th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network with team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball going strong with Josh Lloyd and Locked On NBA with a bunch of different hosts from across the network chipping in to make that a daily show. We've got David Locke hosting it on Thursdays. We've got John Corrales and Jake Madison, uh, the hosts of Locked On Celtics and Locked On Pelicans, hosting, I believe, on Wednesdays. You're probably going to want to listen to that one, uh, considering the news that I I suppose happened on Monday. Uh, Lots of good stuff on the network for you to check out if you find a show on the network that you want to support please subscribe rate and review it's the best way to support all the shows and show that you care and make us more visible in the rankings and all that good stuff so thank you in advance for taking the small amount of time it requires to do that 
And also a reminder, if you have a smart speaker, if you got one for the holidays or you just got one you know, before that or you've had one for a long time but you've never used it for this function, you can play the Locked On Podcast Network on your smart speaker. Just say, hey, Alexa or hey, Google Home, play podcast Locked On Raptors or Locked On Pelicans or Locked On Blazers or whatever it is, and your smart speaker will just start playing your podcast. It's fantastic. You never have to press a button. Just play it while you're doing your chores. It's uh, very, very handy. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network on your smart speakers. All right, on today's show, we're going to do something we, we were supposed to do on Monday, but then got carried away talking about Anthony Davis trade possibilities. Uh, so to join me to talk about the Houston game from Friday and the Dallas game from Saturday or Sunday, yeah, Sunday, I guess sort of just as like a whole, and we'll have some takeaways from both games together, it's our pal Josh Howe. How's it going, man? Going well. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. It's uh, you know, it's snowy, it's cold, but it's fine. I, the winter's not the worst. People get really upset about it, but it means we get trade rumors and all that fun stuff. And I get to huddle inside and watch basketball and not have any outdoor responsibilities, which is cool. Um, by yeah, the way, I guess we should. It's cozy. It is. It's certainly cozy. Uh, I, I guess we should say this before we get into the meat of the podcast here. Next Tuesday, I, you may have heard I'm doing a live podcast from Odds Bar in Hamilton, 164 James Street South, right across the street from the Go Bus Terminal if you want to come from out of town. It's very easy to get to, and it's a very good bar with good food. Doing a live Locked on Raptors there at 7 o'clock before the Raptors take on the Philadelphia 76ers. For one segment, I'll be joined by my co-host on Hamilton is Hoops on TSN 1150, Katrina Squaws, and we're going to do a little Q&A. And also joining me, at least I think, maybe he, I'm putting him on the spot here and he's changed his mind, I don't know, is going to be Josh. Josh. Josh, can I confirm your appearance at the live podcast on Tuesday? I want to say yes. It's still a tentative yes. I'm okay. doing everything in my power to make sure it happens. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to get there. So it, it would be awesome. Um, I've never done a live podcast before. So uh, I really, really want to see, uh, you know, just what that, uh, what that feeling's like. I'm sure you've done, you know, all the stuff with radio. You're used to it. But uh, I'd love to uh, just see what that vibe is like and, you know, do it with some great food and some great people and watch a Raptors game. Yeah, we can make fun of Ben Simmons not shooting threes. It'll be a whole grand time. So uh, Josh is going to try to make his way there. If he doesn't, I'll still be there. Katrina will still be there. We'll still be hanging out, watching the game afterwards, having a couple of beverages, I'm sure. It'll be a good old time. The last one was pretty fun, and uh, hopefully we can get a few more people up for this one. So Odds Bar, Hamilton, Ontario, 164 James Street South, uh, next Tuesday at 7 o'clock before the Raptors take on the Sixers. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, let's get to the bones of the podcast. The Raptors took on the Rockets and Mavs in Texas over the weekend. Uh, Lost to the Rockets 121-119 in a game that I still have not caught the entirety of. I've caught the main important bits. Uh, And really, this game is kind of just about those important bits. They were pretty bad for the first bit of the game. I saw the first quarter in my hotel room uh, during my little northern winter getaway that I was at over the weekend. And then from there, it was, you know, the Raptors kind of 
clawed back, I suppose. They won every quarter except for the first quarter, but they were kind of down by a lot at different points of the game. Uh, down by like 19 in the final five or so minutes. Down by 11 with a minute, minute and a half left or something crazy like that. Hit a bunch of threes. Had a chance to tie or win at the buzzer. And Kawhi Leonard gets shut down by noted very good defender, apparently, James Harden, on that final play when they get the switch off of P.J. Tucker with the Norm Powell screen. Let's start with the Houston game, I suppose, and we can turn that into the Dallas game. Did you have a, like a big takeaway from that Rockets game, Josh, that uh, you came away thinking about? Yeah, can we stop using the full bench lineups? <laughs> uh, like, there's, there's, just, there's been like no point at this season where that's gone really well. Mm. And especially with Valanciunas out, uh, you know, kind of stuck. Nurse is stuck putting Monroe out there. And um, just hasn't been working. Uh, you know, Monroe's, uh, he's good at what he does, but having him play that many minutes and that much consistently, it's, it's been a little tough, uh, especially for that group. Um, DeLon Wright, notably, we're going to talk about that a bit more, I guess, for sure. But, I mean, he didn't play. It was a closer decision. He could have played. He was healthy. Um but, you know, you put that lineup out there without a guy like DeLon Wright, and you have even less playmaking. You have Fred Van Vliet initiating even more than usual, which is not great, uh, as we've seen this season. Um, you know, C.J. Miles, he, he was kind of on the uptick a bit there, but he had a rough game uh, here, and Norm played okay. But, again, like, we, we really got to stop with the full bench here. I uh, would definitely agree with that sentiment. I've been kind of championing the idea of staggering a little bit. And we've seen Lowry and the bench be pretty good of late. Uh, so I don't know why we wouldn't you know, see that more often. It, it, you know, it, It's kind of infuriating, I guess. that Especially in a night where DeLon Wright doesn't play. How you could kind of go and still have those full bench units. The Greg Monroe stuff, oh boy. The news came out today that Valanciunas practiced. He's clear for contact. He's probably pretty close to a return. I would guess probably not on Thursday against Milwaukee, but maybe we'll see it over the weekend, whether against the Clippers, a team he's historically been very good against, or against the Sixers on Tuesday, which is a team that you'd like to have him against because he's always been kind of a nice foil for Joel Embiid in a way that Serge Ibaka just is not physically equipped to be. Um, but the Greg Monroe minutes, man. I wonder why Nurse keeps going to these like little first half experiments where he'll play, you know, three, four, five, six, seven minutes, and it's like it doesn't work, and then he just kind of goes away from it. Like, why not just cut that little experiment out of the way? We kind of know what's going to happen with Greg Monroe at this point. Why not just play Pascal Siakam at center? And, and like, yes, it's maybe not ideal all the time, but it's not like the Rockets are throwing out like noted huge centers at all times, right? Like they played Nene for seven minutes in that game on Friday, and then Kenneth Reed played 38 minutes. That dude's like six foot five. Like you could deal with Pascal Siakam playing center in that game. And like I said, I didn't see the full flow of the second and third quarter, so I can't speak to what lineups were really tried out there for long stretches of time. But uh, just in general, the, the Greg Monroe stuff, like it's kind of gotten to the end, and I'm very much looking forward to the return of Jonas Valanciunas so we can just relegate Greg Monroe back to bench celebration guru, which is what he's good for. He's, he's, a, he's a great guy to have on the bench. He's got nice <laughs> eyes, drinking water, always being hydrated. That's what Greg Monroe is here for. Um, but, yeah, the, the bench minutes I'm uh, very, very much over. Uh, I guess if we yeah, – yeah, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's a little weird that we didn't get any Siakam at center lineups in this game, but we got OG at center. Yeah. <laughs> uh, start the fourth, like, 
it just it was a little strange that the nurse was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw I'm just gonna throw this out there and see and see what happens." And you know, predictably with Farid on the floor, the rebounding was a problem. Hmm. Yeah. Um, OG. I don't mind OG at center sometimes. I think they tried it a couple times this year, and there's been I guess varying degrees of success with it. Uh, and he is like big, and he's rebounded better this season than he has in the past, but not the case in the game against the Rockets. Um, but yeah, the, the Siakam at center, I know some people are a little bit hesitant to use that. I know Blake Murphy has kind of been one of the champions kind of against that because of the lack of rebounding you have when you're out, when you have him out there and you're not really taking advantage of having size across all positions if you're scaling down like that. But I do think that look deserves a little bit more run here as we get close to the playoffs. It's going to be a look that's necessary against certain teams in the playoffs. Um, so I don't see the harm in trying to run it out there a little bit more. I guess the other thing from this Rockets game is the uh, late game execution. Of course, they run that play. Norm sets the screen pretty late for Kawhi to get the switch. They get James Harden onto Kawhi, which is like what I think you want. Credit goes to James Harden, I think, for having a very strong defensive possession. Like we always like to get hung up on guys just you know choking it away at the end of games, but I think James Harden deserves plenty of credit for the way he you know contained. Kawhi there even though there wasn't a lot of time on the clock so maybe he was kind of working with a bit of advantage that way but like I don't know did, did you have a problem with what happened at the, at the end of that game is this becoming a problem that you're becoming sick of uh what is your uh, take on how the game finished and sort of the the play calling and all that execution stuff uh I don't really have a problem with it um I the Raptors have been up and down in the clutch this season um, but I mean, I, and, you know, part of it is just saying like, well, we have Kawhi Leonard. He's Kawhi Leonard. You know, you're going to let him take those shots mm-hmm. at the end of, at the end of the games. Like that's what he's here for. That doesn't necessarily mean you don't try and get him the best available shot, which is maybe running something a little different. Um, and, and there were even, you know, there were games earlier this season where they didn't even bother trying to get the switch off the screen. They just went and let him attack his own his own man. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like that. You know, they they made it. Uh, focus to get Harden, who's notably, you know, not been a great perimeter defender throughout his career, and tried to switch it off. I don't think Norm's screen was fantastic. Um, no, he's not a great screener. So None of the Raptors without Jonas are great screeners. It's a real problem. <laughs> I mean, Abaka's a good illegal screener, but in terms of yeah, legal screen setters, yeah, it's like Lowry's the best one right now. Yeah, I was gonna say like usually like Lowry's the guy usually you have up there. Um, if you know if you has a smaller guy on him, he can go up and set that screen try to get a switch that way but um but yeah so yeah you know like you said credit goes to Harden though uh, I mean you know he, he ended up he did get switched on to him and he stayed lateral and he got a hand up and he stayed with Kawhi the whole way and uh yeah you know so uh yeah it's a little tough like you don't always want to just see him taking contested jumpers um but uh you know he's also the superstar and uh, we'll see I mean it's, it's interesting how up and down the uh those you know plays have gone in at the very end of games when the rest of the time after timeouts uh the raptors tend to score almost every single time it's mm-hmm. really fascinating I, I don't think this means that nurse is a bad play caller or a bad clutch play caller i think he's just catering to his best player mm-hmm. uh, which a lot of a lot of coaches do so you know and that might be something that he has to uh you know try some different things with uh if if it continues to be a, a problem, but I mean, Kawhi is also like one of the top clutch scorers in the league, so I really don't think it's as much of a problem as maybe some Raptors fans make it out to be. 
Yeah, man. Like, late-game offense is never going to be as sophisticated or free-flowing as just it would be in the regular run of a game. Because, A, you want to limit the number of opportunities for the other team to capitalize on and make, a, like, a really good read or decision and capitalize on that and get the ball back. And also just, like, yeah, keeping the ball in your best player's hands is never, like, inherently a bad play call. It's, it is what it is. And... I know people get upset about the ISO stuff because I think of the past with the Raptors and maybe the DeMar DeRozan ISO stuff not quite working out so well. But, like, I don't know, Kawhi Leonard's much better than DeMar DeRozan at at a lot of things, including going ISO and getting his own shot in the mid-range or from three or whatever it is. And so I don't have a problem with it. And it's not like there's, like, a correlation between being a very good ball movement team in crunch time and being successful, right? Like... The Raptors right now are number 10 in clutch net rating at plus 6.7 points for 100 possessions. 103.7 defensive rating, which I believe ranks them... Uh, oh, 11th. That's surprising. I thought they'd been much better defensively uh, in crunch time. But either way, they're number 10 right now in, in clutch net rating and the third most minutes played by any team in the clutch. And their assist rate is 50% even. And there's not really any correlation between, like, high assist percentages and being very good in the clutch or anything like that. Like Boston, for example, they're number two in clutch uh, net rating right now. They have 131.2 offensive rating, and they have an assist rating of 40, or assist percentage of 48.8 because Kyrie Irving's just going to work and doing Kyrie Irving things a lot of the times in those situations. And guess what? It works. It hasn't quite worked, I think, in maybe those, like, sort of flashpoint moments for the Raptors, but I do think in general... In the late stages of games, they've been really good, and maybe they'll pull away with like a minute left in a game because of their clutch performance in those minutes, and then the last minute of the game isn't really qualified as clutch because it's not within five points because they've already gotten that out of the way. Um, So I think the small sample of just like the few possessions where everyone's eyes are turning, all the league pass alert people are tuning in, and you're seeing that last possession, and things have gone awry a lot of the time. I don't think it really does justice the way the Raptors have played with games being close. They're 14 and 10 in close games right now. That's a better record than you know Boston or the Clippers, who are number four in net rating right now in the clutch. You know, it's better than like the Warriors and stuff like that. Like they're not bad by any means. It's not amazing. They're not the Nuggets, who are 28 eight in clutch situations, uh, or the Pacers, who are 15 and seven. But 14 and 10 is fine, especially when they're blitzing teams and a lot of other games as well. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at on this. I, I don't think it's necessarily uh, a thing that's to be all that concerned about. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Any other thoughts on this before we move on to the Dallas game? Um, nothing too crazy. Um, Kenneth Reed, man, he's making the most out of uh, his new spot, which is cool to see. Maybe the Raptors should trade for him at the deadline. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, we're going to move into the Mavericks game in just a sec. But first, I want to remind people to check out the Locked On Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, it's great. You follow one feed and you get all of the hosts from each of the NFL and NBA networks into one feed at Locked On NBA Net or at Locked On NFL Net. And all of the fresh podcasts, the live game tweets, the breaking news reactions, all the stuff, all the dumb jokes that I send out are being retweeted into those feeds. So, you know, again, you keep your follower count low. You just you, know, you you just have the one feed there. 
putting all the, the names and, and the tweets that you want to see basketball related from the Lockdown Podcast Network hosts into one feed. And on Instagram, the exact same handles at Lockdown NBA Net and at Lockdown NFL Net. If you follow those, you're going to get little snippets of all the podcasts from the biggest stories of the day. There's a clip from Lockdown Pelicans on there today. If you check out at Lockdown NBA Net, uh, Jake Madison talking about the implications of it. And you can either listen to it and watch it and get the video and a little condensed take, or you can go and listen to the full podcast. It's a uh, it's a great way to liven up your Instagram feed, so make sure you're checking those two f- podcast feeds or two feeds. Ah. Make sure you just 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 follow them on Instagram and Twitter. That's what I'm trying to say. At Locked On NBA Net and at Locked On NFL Net. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, to the Mavericks game. And I guess we can kind of carry over a couple of the conversations from the Houston game into this one. Uh, First being the crunch time performance. They pulled this one out after a pretty rough third quarter. They scored 38 points in the fourth quarter. There were a few possessions where Kawhi Leonard just kind of took it to the Mavs. There was the one, I think, that kind of stands out where he just completely cooked Wes Matthews from the post. Uh, Kyle Lowry got a shot going. He was 5 of 10 from deep. He had 19 points. Uh, This was a a good performance late in the game and a good performance outside of the third quarter, really, for the Raptors start to finish. Um, Any big takeaways from this one for you? Uh, From the Raptors' side of things, no, nothing too crazy. I think they just need, they really needed to win this one, so they didn't drop three in a row. Um, I think maybe morale would have been a little low after that in that case. But um, no, they pulled it out. We got a flash of Kalo. Came back in the uh, in the fourth quarter. He had eight points in the fourth and four assists. Mm-hmm. Um, shot really well. He hit five threes, which is encouraging. Um, shooting kind of you know coming back a little bit. It's been spotty here and there now uh, uh, recently anyway, mm-hmm. um, which is better than you know just flat out not there uh, which it's been for most of the season so uh, that was really nice to see um, but yeah like I, I don't know either the, I can't like stop thinking about Luka Doncic when I think of this game yep he's ridiculous I think it speaks to how insane Luka Doncic is that the Raptors went 17 of 34 from deep and still only won by three Doncic even hit the three at the end of the game um, with it out of reach that was like from like 35 feet that was insane uh yeah, that dude's very good, and I wish he didn't have the corpse of Wes Matthews and Harrison Barnes and DeAndre Jordan. The trio of corpses, and then, like, the big wild card that is Dennis Smith uh, flanking him. They, they, I mean, they've got the hardest part of team building figured out, I think. Doncic is just going to be amazing. Uh, the rest of that team is very underwhelming, I think. Even Maxi Kleber, Kleba, Kleber, whatever the hell his name is. Um, even he couldn't torch the Raptors in this one, which has typically been his bag. He's had like a couple five block games, I think, against the Raptors in recent years. Uh, so once Dodgers get some good players around him, they're going to be really, really good. Uh, as far as the Raptors go, I thought this was maybe the game where Lowry and Leonard looked the most simpatico of the year. I mean, there's probably been a couple others, but this one, I think, because of how sort of 
janky it's been in recent, you know, even since like the start of December, not having both of them available, blah, 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 blah. I thought they both looked like they were pretty in tune and the chemistry kind of looked like I thought it would between these two guys because Lowry's a guy who should be good with anybody. Um, one thing I, I've noticed too, or, or I've wanted to see more, and I think they ran it a little bit in that game were some Leonard Lowry pick and rolls because Lowry's such a good screener, it kind of worked a little bit. I'd like to see it the other way around too, or maybe you sort of use Leonard as a role man a little bit or a guy who can pop out for three. I wonder if that could maybe be some of the Raptors work into their playbook a little bit more often because those two guys together should be pretty unguardable when you put them together in an action. Uh, but I thought in general they looked pretty good together. Uh, and then DeLon Wright. Let's get to DeLon Wright here. We didn't really talk about him when we were talking about the Rockets game, but uh, 13 minutes for him after getting the DMP against the Rockets Friday. Uh, he had nine points, one assist, one steal, one rebound, blah, 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 block. But he was three or four from deep, or sorry, from the field, hit his one three, and just looked a little bit more spry than maybe we've seen him in recent weeks. Uh, what was your reaction to the DNP against the Rockets for Wright? And how did you think he responded? And sort of where do you think we'll see his role within the rotation go? Where do you want to see it go in the coming games here? Um, yeah, the DNP against the Rockets was a little weird. Um, I, the only reason I could think of was just because, you know, they have several wings that they can throw out there, and they've had a couple uh, in Powell and Miles who have been playing pretty well recently after not playing well. Um, and also in that game, like, they got down early uh, pretty quickly. Part, part of it was the bench, but, like, you know, having guys out there who can hit threes maybe help you get back in the game quicker. I don't know. Uh, other than that, I'm not entirely sure why Delon wasn't in there. Um, but, uh, I mean, he hasn't had the best season. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, there are still games where he makes a makes an impact, even if it's not necessarily shown on the score sheet. Uh, so, honestly, as of right now, I mean, he showed his stuff against Dallas. Um, I think he had kind of got a kick in the butt. And uh, he was really, uh, you know, had that mentality of coming out and saying, this is why I should be in the rotation. This is why I should be ahead of some of those guys. Um, I think he should probably be ahead of Miles still in the rotation for sure. Mm-hmm. Um Powell continues to be, like, kind of shocking, which is, like, how consistent he's been. <laughs> uh, so, like, I'm not really – I'm still kind of, like, figuring it out how I feel about – like, you know, give me, like, uh, a month or two ago, and it was easy, right, to want ahead of uh, another Powell, like, every single, every single game. But um, now it's kind of more of a conversation. Uh, so, yeah, but, I mean, he should definitely be in the rotation going forward. Um, I still think he's – really important to have out there uh, with those bench groups that need more playmaking, even though they should always have, uh, you know, be staggering one of Kawhi or Siakam or Lowry anyway. But it's still nice to have him in there so that, you know, Van Vliet has some of the uh, some of the load of initiating kicking off of him. Um, and even when, you know, when Valanciunas returns, uh, you know, he had some, since some plays run with the pick and roll, uh, it worked much better with the lawn than it did with Van Vliet. So I, I think... Uh, he, you know, he has a role in the rotation, and he should be getting it going forward. And maybe it was just a, just kind of like an experiment, like Nurse has, has done with some other things. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I fully expect him to be back in. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I was less surprised than most people were. Uh, a, like, I don't m- hate the idea of keeping CJ Miles, you know, getting some regular run because he was playing pretty well. I do have, a, I guess, an issue with him just taking two shots in nine minutes in that Rockets game. Like, if you're going to use him, use him. Um, yeah. And if you're going to, you know, put DeLon on the bench at his expense, like, yeah, you should probably try to get Miles a little bit more involved. But, like, I don't know. Wright has not been 
particularly good this season. And yes, not all of it is his fault. A lot of it is he's not being put in the best position to succeed sometimes because Fred is kind of taking on the playmaking duties a little bit more often and DeLon's not getting that chance to do it. But like, he's also just kind of been ineffectual in a lot of games, even when he's had the ball in his hands. And he's kind of just like drifted and not had like the same sort of night to night. You know he's going to come in and do like three or four insanely awesome things just hasn't been as reliable this season and I'm not sure where to put the blame and sort of how to balance it between his sort of strange role in those bench units that is not really sort of taking advantage of his skills and just him just not playing well and so I don't know I did not see it as like all that much of a shock I feel like it's kind of been coming for like a month at this point and you know maybe it was a way for Nick Nurse to try to send him a message I don't know if that's in his in his mind but I also just think like there are going to be tough rotation decisions coming. I wrote about this last week. It's just, it's not going to be easy. And there are arguments you can make for each of Powell, Miles, and Wright to get regular run. And once Valanciunas is back, I would not be shocked if they pair this thing down to a nine-man rotation. Because of the lack of staggering we've seen so far this season, yet kind of the evidence that we have that says, like, staggering Lowry with the bench is always good, I do think there's a chance we could see this pared down to nine. And I think Powell at this point, the way he's played over the last month and a half or month or whatever it's been since he got back, I think he kind of has surpassed both Wright and Miles in terms of who's deserving of minutes. So for me, if I'm looking at bench units, like I think Fred, Powell, OG, Jonas are kind of the locks to play. And then if you start sprinkling in Siakam or Lowry or Kawhi with bench units, there kind of doesn't really become a need for a Wright or a Miles all that much. And I just think there are going to be nights, and I think this is especially going to happen in the playoffs, where those guys, both of them, are just not going to play because their skills are not necessarily in high demand. Because if you're playing Lowry, like, hey, that's your creation you need with the second unit. Same with Siakam or Leonard. Um, You know, if you have Powell shooting the way he's shooting, that kind of replaces the need for Miles, and also Powell's a better defender. Um, And the arguments for Miles, I think, are pretty compelling that he should be playing a little bit more as well because... You know, if you're talking about a lack of creation, like, he brings very reliable shooting in theory. Not this season, you know, based on his numbers, but in theory and the way defenses think about him, he brings reliable shooting while also being a kind of sneaky, okay, off-the-ball, off-the-bounce creator, right? Like, he's not anything special, but he can make a play. He can get to, get to the rim and, you know, dump off to a guy or kick out. Like, this is not a thing he's, you know, he's not Patrick Patterson and Damari Carroll doing that, right? Like, he's a little bit more comfortable there. So I think there's an argument for Miles because of those skills that they might be more in high demand and, you know, the shooting... You know, maybe he kind of slots into those units a little bit ahead of both Wright or Powell on some nights, but um, I don't know. I, I just, it's weird with Wright. I love DeLon Wright. I love peak DeLon Wright maybe more than any player on the team, at least for, you know, just watching him. He's so delightful, but he has not been that same guy this year, and there's going to be a minutes crunch here. It's just going to come. They haven't been healthy all year. They haven't really had any chance or opportunity to hurt feelings at all because, you know, everyone's been hurt and they've had they've cycled in guys and they've had eight guys or nine guys for every game, it seems, all season long. Yet, once they're healthy, knock on wood, hopefully nothing else happens, there's just going to be a minutes crunch. And I don't know, how do you sort of rank those three in terms of who should be receiving minutes? Or, you know, do you drop Fred even? Like, I don't know, how do you see it playing out? Do you think they should go to nine? Do you think they should stay at 11? Do you think it should, they should just go with the hockey changes and have 10 like they did last year? Like, what do you think is the best course of action there? I don't mind the larger rotations in the regular season, um, but I do think like the nine-man rotation is uh, it's just a lot tighter. I'm, it's shown to work better 
um, in pretty much every game that they've used this season. Whenever Nurse has done that, the Raptors have been more successful, which obviously isn't surprising because you have your best players on the floor more, um, especially with the units that need more creation. Uh, in terms of those three, um, yeah, it's it's kind of weird, right? Because at the beginning of the season, like way back uh, when, it, when it was just starting, um, I wrote something about Norman Powell and how um, you know he was still having a tough time, and it was kind of the hope from there was kind of that maybe you know with some of the injuries that were going on, he'd be able to get some play time and then play his way up to being able to get a trade, and then you could trade him at the deadline. Mm-hmm. Trade him at the deadline, the Raptors get out of his contract, and then he gets a fresh start somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then he gets hurt, and then he comes back, and suddenly he's like poised and uh, making plays, and you know not just hucking up bad shots. And um, he's been really, really good. So, and you know, and then out of nowhere, CJ starts to hit some shots. And you go, okay, now he's starting to look like the CJ we know. Um, and Delon's Delon. We kind of know what we we can get from him at at his peak, like you said, but uh, he's been up and down this season. So it's kind of a juggling act. I mean, right now. Uh, stands, yeah, I'd probably have Norm at the front of those three, which is mm-hmm. something I, I didn't think I would say. And um, and when you look at the deadline now, it's like, I mean, out of CJ and Norm, I mean, if Norm's going to continue to play this way, uh, you're fine with having him around uh, as a rotation guy. That's what you're paying him to be. And I'm not sure another team is that interested in Miles' contract. Mm-hmm. So that becomes an interesting scenario. And then, you know, obviously DeLon's headed for restricted free agency. So that's a whole thing, but yeah, I mean, I think eventually when it comes to the playoffs, they're definitely going to just tighten it up to the next rotation, and it, I think it probably just depends on which of those guys is playing the best at the time, and you kind of have a guy in the back burner to throw in if one of them you know, starts to falter, and you can go about it that way, but um, yeah, I mean, in the regular season, I think, I think it's good, because I think you can get each of those guys some run, and maybe, you know, they can all sort of get going, which has kind of been the case a little bit here, so that'd be nice anyway um, uh-huh. and you know I guess you just have more options going in it's better to have more options than less for sure I mean this doesn't matter anyway because both both Miles and Powell will have to play a lot once Anthony Davis is on the team because because I'm sure they'll have to <laughs> use a lot of their depth on the wing to make that deal happen but um, that will be seen in the next nine days I'm sure uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's about it for this show uh, shouts to OG Ananobi by the way he's been named to the Rising Stars game he's going to play on yeah. Team World from Great Britain people forget he's from Great Britain I forget all the time uh, just uh, you know good old fish and chip bangers and mash eating fellow he is um, I don't know that, that, that's cool. I'm glad he's got the honor. It's really weird that Ben Simmons is on the team, even though he's in his 17th season or whatever it is. He is still a rookie. Um, so congrats to him for that. Uh, and I, you mentioned on Twitter before coming on that uh, the riot has been avoided and OG is going to get to play in the Rising Stars game. I'm glad that like he wasn't jilted and then you came on because this might have just turned into another podcast in which we got derailed from the original plan and you just talk about OG and Obi getting slighted for half an hour. Yeah, well, it's funny. I have an unlit Kiki torch just sitting right beside me. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I have no use for it now. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. It's just sitting here. So I guess I'll have to find something else to riot about. What a damn shame. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. I think that's going to do it. Josh, do you have anything you'd like to plug right now? Um, not too much. I'm uh, So I'm in uh, right now I'm in school, actually. I just moved back to the city, and I'm taking sports journalism, 
which is taking up some of my time, but I'm doing a lot of cool things behind the scenes. Um, I've started actually, you know, being a real journalist and not just a, uh, you know, somebody sitting in an armchair and yelling things at my TV. So um, <laughs> that's been kind of cool. And uh, uh, so, you know, I'm doing a lot of that kind of stuff and yeah, you'll start to see more of it. It'll start to come out. I'm doing a lot of stuff with the 905. Um, but I will definitely get back to writing soon. My podcast is also kind of on hiatus at the moment, but it is going to return. It's not dead, I promise. It will come back. Um, I have some writers lined up that I want to get on there. So, uh, yeah, it's all there. I'm just a bit busy at the moment. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be doing more stuff. And uh, I'm definitely, uh, hopefully, going to be at the live podcast as well. Very excited for that. You can follow Josh at Howvolution on Twitter. You can follow me at WoodleySean. You can subscribe, rate, and review uh, this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcast is very helpful if you do that. We've got some uh, a nice and very uh, informative reviews. Informative? It's informing you that people are nice about the, and like the show. That You should be doing, joining those people. It's very, very heartwarming to see all that. Uh, you can... I will be at the Bucks game on Thursday, so you can look out for... Uh, hopefully a podcast with myself and Locked On Bucks host Eric Name, who is traveling with the team and will be in be in Toronto on Thursday. Hopefully we can meet up for a podcast after the game. Uh, I'm also going to have a podcast on Wednesday with Jordan Tresky of Behind the Buck Pass. Behind the Bucks Pass. I always screw that up. He's been on the podcast before. We're going to talk about who the rightful number one seed should be at any time the Raptors and Bucks are tied because it's very confusing. So we're going to lay out our arguments for who the tiebreaker should actually go to. Um, and uh, yeah, tee up that game on Thursday. It should be a good one. And we'll be back again tomorrow with that podcast with Jordan. Until then, thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.